guys, what's up? This is Amanda Grace Benitez. You're listening to LLA on Dash Talk Radio. Yo, yo, yo. What up, everybody? And welcome to LLA with Jake and Lenny. I'm your co-host, Lenny Hernandez. Jake didn't want to roll to the house this morning because he said it was too early because, you know, we are doing this show on the road. We are mobilizing this motherfucker. We are just picking up equipment. We're running around everywhere, which means, though... We have just the most illustrious of guests. That's right. Our homeboy. We're doing a one-on-one today. Marco Para. Hey, what's what up, up motherfucker? Shit. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know it's early because this boy be working and grinding, motherfucker. He's got an audition that he's heading to here in a bit. Hey. hey, Break legs. <laughs> uh, how's life, man? How's, how's, how's life been? It's busy. I love it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just having fun, doing my thing, uh-huh. trying to create as much as possible. And then, you know, little auditions come on, uh, on the side, which is beautiful. But I know I watch your, uh, I follow you, of course, on IG, and I'm stalking you, and I'm just like, oh, shit, he's at that thing? He's at that thing? <laughs> this motherfucker be working. Working. Because, you know. You gotta stay busy, or else, uh, you know. You see, you you saw the hesitation. I was like about to give myself up, but no, no, no. It's 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 how it is, man. Uh, we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about because um, it is we're right around Valentine's Day, so ugh, ugh. Um, but that means that we had the Super Bowl a couple weekends ago, uh, and then we also had the Oscars. Not that long ago. Did you watch either of those things, Marco? I, good sir, watched both. Both of them. Both. Yes. How did you feel about J-Lo, J-Lo and Shakira? Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. I thought it was the be- I thought it was one of the best halftime shows that I've seen in quite some time. It was illustrious. It was glorious. It was amazing. Yeah. Um What were people complaining about? I don't. Was it a made-up uh, look, thing? If, if there, if nobody complains about it, that means it was whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there has to be some sort of controversy. Like remember Janet Jackson? Like yeah. come on, boy. But she had to show the titty. They didn't. You know, we got J Lo on a pole. Yeah. We got Shakita sticking her tongue out. You know. I was so yeah. I have sick tongue game, and so the fact is that like I was like I wasn't impressed by Shakira's tongue action. I was like I can do that. Wow, I can do that faster. Really? You see, like me, I I just love to see a man doing that with their tongue. You know, forget Shakira. Yeah, I just want to see Lenny's tongue work it. Winner just hard. (laughs) You know, you need to get an IMDb for your tongue. Like it's a star on its own. You know what I mean? Duh. <laughs> Introducing Lenny Hernandez tongue. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. That's very true, man. I guess if you if you think about it, uh, if it is not getting uh, people trying to destroy it in some way after the fact with that buzz or controversy, then was it a good halftime show? Come on, man. Yeah. It, it, there has to be controversy or else it's it's bullshit. Oh uh, yeah, well, what's the what's the what's the point in doing it apparently? I I I thought JLo was great. I thought Shakira was great. I thought they both were just like Also like come visit me in Florida like with my with my mom. Like that's literally that's the vibe all the three or four days that I go when I go visit my my, my <laughs> folks. 
That is literally the half the the Super Bowl halftime show is the vibe from like eleven thirty once everyone is up in the house until like midnight to two in the morning when everyone goes to sleep. That is the that's the vibe. It's like yeah, music playing, just blaring. We're just like cooking. We're like walking around. We're like playing dominoes or rum cube or some bullshit. Like we're just like yeah, you know. Let my my niece is running in and out with her friends. She's thirteen and she's like ah, this is literally. We like to live, man. We love life. Latinos love life. La, 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 life. Uh, I will say, too, the other day I was in uh, North Hollywood, mm. and I rarely go that far from my house. <laughs> rarely. There isn't much in North Hollywood, let's be honest. There isn't much. Let's keep it honest. But there's one thing that I love to do when I'm there, and that is go to the Puerto Rican restaurant. There is one Puerto Rican restaurant in really? this city. There is one. What? There's several Cuban places. Yeah. But there's one Puerto Rican place. Mafongos. Mafongos on Lancashire. Mafongos. Wow, I've never been there. Yeah. Good looks. I'm going to hit it up. Yeah, if you're a no-ho and you're like, okay, I got time to kill. Because first off, it is the worst service <laughs> I have ever gotten ever Consistently. That meaning every time I go is painfully slow, but well worth it. The food must be fire for you to put up with bad service. You know what I mean? Well, it's, I mean, I think they probably have one person in the back, you know, and it's like usually the, busy. Like the made from family guy is just like, no, no. <laughs> Where's my food? No. You know, because it's, it's tiny, dude. I mean, it's smaller than – it's probably smaller than the space we're in right now. Like, Damn. I would say if you cut it from, like, where we're at to over, it might be that big. So where's the dance floor? <laughs> they have to clear all the tables. Um, that's true, but they have, like, you know, Puerto Rican stuff all over the walls. Uh, the food is incredible. But I went, so I was in NoHo the other day, and so I was just like, fucking stop by. I got the tostones. Just – they don't they don't really reheat well. You know, because the fried plantains, I don't know. Yeah. I broiled them the other day, like on after, and they didn't come out terribly. So I, I think you that might be. Them? No, I haven't tried refrying. That seems like too much Let work. Let me tell you something, because we do refried beans. Uh, <laughs> you got to refry the, the plantains, son. You telling me you can fry those things twice? Twice. <laughs> and they're twice as nice. <laughs> twice as nice. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. So what is. What is so? What is Marco? Marco, what have you been doing outside of just auditioning? Have you changed anything up? Because uh, you know it's twenty twenty now. Have you changed anything up? Uh, outlook on how you do things? Are you are you pressing more on one thing or another? What are you What are you doing to try to make this year bigger and more grand? New year, new me, man. Um, I changed my ethnicity. I'm now white. I am now Mark. I am now white. I eat grits. Uh, crackers. I don't. Is grits a white person thing? Ritz. Oh, Ritz. Ritz. Oh, like the crackers. Oh, oh yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Multi-layered, that baby. Was layered. God uh, damn uh, it. Uh, uh. I feel embarrassed that I didn't get that right away. The views expressed here are not the official views. Exp- uh, yeah, I don't know what they the, are. The, okay. For Dash or for LLA? LLA. Uh, I don't know. You decide. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, this year, let's see. So auditions are nice. Like I said, I always just had it like as a side. I feel like auditions are the side gig. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I'm still on the. I don't know if. Well, I think when we talked about the feature film that I that I wrote. Uh, so we're officially in pre-production. Damn, Damn. man, it's, yeah, it feels amazing. We had a table read last week, and just hearing hearing the words out loud from other actors is is. Insane. Man, it's like something else, man. How many people you got in it? What's your, Ooh. What's the cast size? Like how many people did you have at the read? That's what I'm looking for. Oh, okay. At the read we had ten. Damn. We had ten. Yeah. So but they they played multiple roles. So there's about there's maybe twenty, twenty five roles in there. It's so crazy to be at one of those and like even just to hear something that's new for the first time and hearing it out loud because I've done a couple of them and for the most part, I'm not really given the script that far in advance because they're like, oh, we've been working on this revision and like we're just now handing it to you. You know what I'm saying? And they're just like, read this one role. And it's just like, oh, shit. OK, so now I'm having to like, you know, cold read an entire fucking 110 page script. It's a, it's a skill, man. Straight up. Like, I, I honestly felt like like I felt messed up because I sprung the uh, narrator on someone when they got there. I was like, oh, shit. Well, you're the narrator. And then she was like, yeah, it'll be good. And she honestly was amazing. I was, we were so lucky. Like, you didn't want to read any of it, right? You just wanted to listen. Well, no, I, I'm. I had to be the lead. You know what I mean? Cause, hey, if we're gonna, we gonna write, if we're gonna write for ourselves, we might as well be in it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's like the whole goal is write a project so that you could be in the project, so you could. You know, Start. have work. Yeah, you create your own work. That's that's really like that's the motivation behind the writing, for me. But along the way, I learned to to love the write. Like it, it's it's storytelling. You know, I'm a bullshitter, so bullshitting on 110 pages, 90 pages is a lot of fun. Um, so that's you know, crazy, man. getting the reactions. Thank you. Uh, getting those reactions in the room and, and, and when the plot twists happen and everything, you're just, I was, uh, it was a great feeling. It was a really great feeling. Plot twists and all these things in it? Plot twists and such? Damn. What is What was your inspiration for the script? The inspiration was my personal struggle with mental health yeah. and being a man and being able to talk to other people about my feelings and and really work them out for myself and when I couldn't do that it manifested in a in a different type of way where you know I was trying to self-medicate and I felt like in our community in lower socioeconomic uh, families Therapy and mental health are something that are, is never addressed. It's something that isn't promoted. Um, and I think that it's a problem. So that was really the motivation behind it. And the story is told through a boxer who accidentally kills his opponent in the ring and suffers from PTSD after that. And how that manifests itself within him and his journey of trying to get back in the ring. Damn. Yeah, baby. It's heavy hitting shit. Heavy, man. It's a heavy, you know, drama, um, which is, you know, the type of stories I want to tell, you know. It's, a, it's almost a Trojan horse for, um, to address those issues. 
you know, surround, because you have to entertain as well, you know what I mean? It just can't be a lesson, you know, you can't just be finger wagging. So uh, the Trojan horses, the boxer, and, and there's a lot of things that happen, you know, on his journey back. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I love it. And I'm I'm really excited to, like, get, get it started and start telling the story. Heavy roll. Heavy roll. Uh, so are you, I assume you are the boxer? Your sword. Are you uh, a boxer? Are you are you training at all? What are you doing? I am, what are you, I how, am what training. Are you I am training. Um, Run so up the, the stairs. <laughs> Watching a lot of Rocky. Um, no. Uh, yes, I've been uh, training. And the, the great thing about the film is that it's not a boxing movie per se. It's a movie about a boxer. So... But there is boxing in it, so we need to make sure that those parts are accurate and look as good as they can. Um, and you know, I'm, oh, so that's good. You're not doing like tons of boxing. No, no, okay, right. yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's I not mean, like Creed just, or something where you're doing like these sick fucking. No, yeah, no, no, I, nah. I mean, because it would take me. It would take me a hot second to like fucking learn how to box. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, when I met with the with my trainer, he said. You know, he's also an actor, but he said, you know, there's no, there's no boxing film where any of the boxers look legit. Like, you're not going to look professional straight up. And I was like, I appreciated that honesty. And then he's, he said, uh, but we're going to make you look as good as possible. And I said, that's all I could ask yeah. for. Yeah, angles and shit. Let's angles. get the right angles going. Yeah. Get the feet popping. Dance on, you know. Man, and I, I would lo- like, boxing is a skill that I would love to learn. Because I think, uh, you know, just being able to do that is hella impressive. Um, I just don't have the skills. I don't have the wrists to be punching anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, also, I can't, this face, I can't fuck this face. It's the moneymaker, baby. <laughs> hey, man, you could be like, uh, what's his name, uh, from The Wrestler? Um, what's his name? Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke. Well, but that dude looks like he's a boxer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That dude's big. He always looked that way. It's, well, yeah, you're right. Oh, God, did he? From boxing? Yeah. Yeah, so he he was a like legit actor, and then he went into boxing. He was a professional boxer, and then came back into acting. Oh, yeah, because he got <laughs> pummeled. I will say, uh, and I don't actually know a lot of Mickey Rourke's like old stuff, like his original stuff, but I will say Sin City is in my top five movies probably of all time. Yeah. Which I always keep saying that a movie is in my top five, but I have way more movies that I have said that are in my top five than I have top five. (laughs) 500. That's in my top five, 500, 500 of all time. Yeah, which is 2,500. (laughs) That's a lot of goddamn numbers. It's a lot of top fives. Um, So what – in the pre-production process, is there anything that you have taken away from it? that maybe can help somebody else like just just this early in the process like how long did it take you to write it uh it's been about a year with rewrites and what draft are you on right now we're on our seventh draft yeah and that's something that people should actually recognize and and realize that seven drafts is you know 
probably going to happen at least, right? It has to. I, I think, you know what I mean? You're not going to sit down and write your script on one sitting and finish and it be polished. I mean, I, maybe, maybe it's happened before, but... No, there's no way. I mean, you know, because some motherfucker be like, oh, I wrote it in one sitting and it was the final edition. Like, okay, fine. But... Now, also, you're lying. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but, you know. We got to take people for their word, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, seven, seven drafts. And, you know, it's a lot of molding. It's a lot of back and forth with my co-writer on, you know. Who, who's, who's co-writing? I didn't uh, know you. My boy, Manny Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So he came in uh, after the first draft. And, and. We just started molding and, and structure. How long was your first draft? My first draft was, it was actually short. So it was like maybe 70 pages. That's I was going to guess 40, 50 oh, pages yeah, in a first yeah. draft. 70. Damn. So it was about 70 pages. And I was having trouble with, with the climax. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I knew how it ended. I knew how it started. I knew how we were gonna get there, but that 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 point was just something very difficult for me to try to just tie everything in. So he came on and and we we had a long conversations and and talked about it and what it meant to us and what we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it and we we got that second draft. We we got up to 93 pages about. Uh, and yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> we've had, we've had a lot of arguments and 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 back and forth, but it's good because it 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 helped us grow as collaborators, writers, and ultimately got us to the best script. You know what I mean? So now it's like to the point where I feel like I'll show in, I'll show anybody the script and, and with confidence and 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 I back it up, you know. Is your boy Manny directing it? He is directing okay, it. I was gonna say. He is directing it. Cool. So that that that's also part of the back and forth, right? You know, he he's directing this so ultimately at the end of the day when we're shooting it's going to be his vision of how we shoot it. But when it comes down to the script, I wanted to make sure that it's still your words. It's your it's my words. It's the it's what I had envisioned and made sure that we both were on the same page with that. That's really smart of you, I think, to give, you know, the reins to somebody that you trust. Because, like, I don't think I would be able to direct something like that, you know, like. I wouldn't know the first thing about starting yeah, to try to direct or or even direct and act in it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So too many hats. Like at that point. I, just, yeah, right. And I have so much respect for that medium uh, as it is. So I, I just don't know enough, and I don't know if I ever would want to direct. Like tell people or actors, you know, oh, you know, do it this way, do it that way. I, I don't know. I, I just, at this point, at least, I'm not. It's not your, not, not your mindset. Man, I tell you, I had, we had a guest on one time, and he is a journeyman actor, like, has been in uh, every major TV show as a bit part. Um, but, like, the thing is, is, and he does a lot of commercials, and I had him on. I was like, you, you know, ever thought about diving into any of these other things, wearing these other hats, producing, writing? Uh, directing and he's just flat out he's like no 
that's not me. No, I'm an actor. That's it. Like, that's all I want to do. I don't want to do any of that other shit. Right. I was just like, damn. That's like in a world currently. And he, he, he came out here in the late 90s. So, like, he, he said he's never had to do any of the other stuff because, like, it was a different time, you know, then. But it's so crazy that, like, now it's just, like, create content. Wear 90 million hats until you figure out which one you are weirdly good at. You right. know what I'm saying? You have to. I mean, now the game has changed to the point where if you're only an actor, it's a detriment to, to you know, mm-hmm. to, to your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because you need to be creating in order to get that exposure to get uh other people to to have eyes on on the things you're doing if you if you're sitting back and waiting for auditions and you're not getting very many auditions it could be a very lonely sad long road Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so uh, content is king now and and we have the platforms and the and the and the the tools to create our own our own so i feel like doing it is 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 a major major thing and it also it also like for myself speaking for myself it makes me a better actor because now i understand what goes into writing what goes into like when someone's writing something what they envision and so sometimes you go into an audition and you could be great but if the writer or the director doesn't envision you or the way you're saying something the way that they saw it, then they don't they don't really want you to, you know, they're not going to use you. Mm-hmm. So it just puts a lot of things into perspective. What is something that you're elaborate on that a little bit? What is, is there something specifically that you found in the writing process that you're just like, oh, I can use that as an actor? I can... You know, you know what I'm saying. Definitely, uh, dialogue, understanding a script. Dialogue, 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 dialogue. <laughs> top five. <laughs> With your top fives. Dialogue, 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 dialogue. That's a Chappelle reference for all you motherfuckers out there that aren't going to know. I hope that everybody listening knows that. Knows the Chappelle reference. Please. If not, go and <laughs> go watch, watch the Chappelle anything. show. Pay for it because it's worth it. So you were saying? I was saying dialogue and subtlety mm. is something that I learned while writing. Mm. and um, It's huge. It, it is. It is. Especially, it, yeah, subtlety specifically. I mean, dialogue, because sometimes they're, how do you write good dialogue? You know, how, how is it? Because you can't just put it on paper and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, no, but how are they going to say it as an actor? Right. And then how do they subtly say what it is? What's the context or subtext to exactly. it? Exactly. There's you know? layers to it. Yeah. And, uh, and that was one of the big things that Manny told me was his, he said, uh, you know, go to a coffee shop, go out in public eavesdrop on people and see how they talk because when we're writing we tend to over explain mm. things in the dialogue mm. and really when you when you're talking people don't elaborate often really it has to be pulled out of out of you really um so keeping it simple dialing it down cutting a lot of the words out that don't need to be there Trimming the fat. Trimming the fat. It's all about that. Trimming the fat. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking 
great advice for people that's like writing, trim the fat and less words potentially, you know. Definitely. Yeah, if it, it, some, you don't need to explain everything. Yeah. You know, the audience isn't stupid and if you set it up correctly, those words, although minimum, can carry a lot. I mean, one word could carry so much weight mm-hmm. if you set it up correctly. So And think too like as an actor, less words means less things you got to fucking memorize. Right. <laughs> less words, less memorization. Less memorization. And then you can just eternal, you, you can internalize things more. I, I will say like the best auditions that I've had commercially are ones where they're just like, all right, come in, do this thing, you know, see this person over here, do this one ac- action and then get out. You know, because then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, cool. So I don't have to focus on words. I don't have to focus on anything. I can just literally internalize what it is that I'm doing, even though I'm miming some of this shit. But like, I can see it in my head. You know, and I don't have to. I don't have to deal with dialogue. You know, you're just being. <clears throat> yeah, you're just being. Yeah, you're just living yeah, in that in that moment. The truest moments. Yeah, exactly. That's great, man. You got um so. Uh, table read. Table read. Got a director attached, director, co-writer, yeah. director. Where are you guys? Have you figured out locations? Are you guys going to do this out here in SoCal? SoCal, but uh, in Upland. Okay. In Upland, yeah. yeah. So not in this, not in the city, no, but no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, Manny has a a lot of uh, connections out there. That's where he's from. So we have a good amount of places that we could utilize, and um, and it won't be so. Crazy. I mean, trying to shoot in L.A. is just ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, whether you're big budget or no budget, yeah. it's um, a lot of ropes to go through and paperwork and shit. And it's just a lot easier to, hey, can we feed whoever owns this establishment for us shooting here for four hours? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And and because so, I was gonna say, are you are you gonna go back to Arizona? To, to no, um, that was a thought, but just. Going out to Arizona, there's just not as many film resources mm-hmm. or people that, you know, could help on that end. So mm-hmm. we're just far enough to where we're not yeah. bogged down by the city, but also we have people that could come out and, and help us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How excited are you for this? I, I can't even put it into words. I, I mean, I'm I'm nervous. I'm I'm really nervous, which I think for is great who? for you yourself or just the whole thing. Wait, wait, wait. For myself, yeah, for the film, yeah, yeah. for the yeah, everything, oh, yeah. everything, everything. It just poured so much into it, and and I really feel like this, is, if done correctly, can be one of those launching pads for for all of us. Yeah. So you know, and I feel a big responsibility to the story and what and what it really means to. Not only, you know, it's it, it's in the minority commu- in minority communities because it's not just Latinos that 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 aren't keen to uh, getting therapy. You know, it's in the black communities and mm-hmm. and also above that, it's also in lower income families. I was about to say it's in kind of the more impoverished. Yep. No, fully. It, it seems like it's a it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's a, a big issue. So I uh, I think that you know that weight of telling that story, st- t- telling it correctly, mm-hmm. it, it you it's know, huge. Yeah. It's well, it's funny because like the other day I'm 
on a call for work and it's you know we who who owns the company tend to be you know a little bit wealthier than myself being an employee but they're just like oh you should be you should be doing they have an on-site therapist basically like a coach and they're just like oh Lenny why are you taking advantage of blah 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 and I was like we didn't do any of that growing up like so you know like we didn't we couldn't afford any of that growing up and so like no like at this point I'm not fully sure that I'd trust this person that all of you guys are talking to you know with whatever it is that I have to deal with, you know, like it's, I'm just like, nah, nah, brah. Nah. Yeah, no. We didn't do that. Didn't and not only that, but men, you know what I mean? Yeah. For men, it's like, man up. Yeah. Don't be a pussy. Yeah. Why, you know what I'm saying? Like, so all those things play into our mental health. And if you don't know how to deal with certain things, then it can be a pro a big, big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I will shamelessly plug that LLA is producing other shows soon dropping and one of Hey yo. And one of the ones that I personally am producing is called My Side of Crazy with Shelby Tweeten, which is a guest that we've had on our show. She's on American Idol and uh she uh struggles with bipolar uh and oh man, it's a laundry list of things that she she has to navigate through and so it's huge because I'm like, oh, shit, you know what? We're about to cross-promote. We're about to get Marco on her show because she has had mostly females, which is good. Um, but, you know, it's that, that kind of stuff that, like, people actually she, – she deals with it now head-on. Like, she knows when a manic episode's happening. Like, she's, she knows what's happening. So she's navigating that, and as an adult, it's really impressive that she can understand and recognize and then, like, what can she do, you know, to kind of – smooth this you know the waters it's those tools Mm -hmm. those tools that that you know you have to have to help yourself really because at the end of the day it comes down to you and your your thoughts your mind what you need to do to get yourself in the right space and ptsd man can have just it's such an array of you know can it hits different people just so differently so it's like such a you know thing that you I, I i don't know about you know and so it's just right. like i can't really relate in the sense of that I, I i can empathize of course but like it's it'd be difficult you know uh which speaking of that did you see uh honey boy did you watch? I oh did. yeah we, we yes. watched honey boy yeah yes so oh like, yeah, yeah, we yeah yeah so like, wait, shit, wait a we second went we went together <laughs> motherfucker um, I actually had just I forgot as well that yeah, you were, I was, was like, like oh wait, shit yeah, we, I saw it like four times because I was just like <laughs> oh, I love you? this movie yeah um, which I thought shamefully it should have gotten I don't know what it should have gotten but I love Shia LaBeouf in that movie right and I love that little kid too the kid was really good I almost feel like they should add something with like kids but then like that then there's no reason to because the Jojo Rabbit kid I thought was incredible you know, amazing. Yeah, him and the and his uh his oh, friend, friend with the glasses, oh. incredible, <laughs> oh, man. So cute, so good. Uh, Josh Gad tweeted something about how he wants to play his father and and <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever the next film is <laughs> that kid does. <laughs> but like that's, you know, in he, uh, Honey Boy is the story of Shia, which by the way, it's on Amazon Prime now. So if you haven't seen it and you have Amazon Prime, fucking jump on Amazon Prime and watch it. It's like 90 minutes, maybe like 95 minutes. It's a short watch. 
Uh, but it's the story of Shia LaBeouf's upbringing whenever he was doing like Even Stevens in his tumultuous like relationship with his father. Um, they were in and out. They lived in a motel like while he was filming Even Stevens. Uh, uh, his dad couldn't really work because he was an ex-convict, you know. Uh, and it's a great, great movie. And I would, I would have never thought, oh, you can get PTSD from your upbringing and then like I do this stuff with like Shelby and it's just like Shelby had a tumultuous upbringing like it you know there's violence in her family growing up you know there's abuse and all kinds of stuff and it's like oh shit like in the you know I don't I'm not saying that she has that but it's like you know all these things play factors exactly into those things um nuts Let's talk some movies then, motherfucker. Let's, Let's talk it. some movies. So, I mean, that was a, that was a good segue with uh, Honey Boy. With Honey Boy, yeah. Oh. I thought, uh, well, I'll stay with Honey Boy more, more just for the fact that, like, I would I would have been very happy if Shia LaBeouf got nominated somewhere. Um, but it wasn't. The movie wasn't anywhere. But I was just like, I don't know what would have been, where it would have been, you know? Um, but honestly, I think the director could have been mm. nominated, or even the uh, the writing. And it's yeah, and it's uh, 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 the director was female, and that they were very much lacking any female. And like, you watch The Irishman, right? Yes. Yeah. So I watched pieces of it and was bored to death. Right. So I was just like, I'm not committing anymore. Than the like thirty five minutes I've committed to this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm thirty five, dude. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. And it wasn't even thirty five. I was, I kind of skipped through like the first ninety to try to figure out, you know, after oh, like wow. the first fifteen, I was like, okay. Uh, and then I popped in when somebody else was watching it, so I watched it for a bit. And I was just like, oh man, this does not seem my, uh, you know, like my kind of taste of movies, but. Uh, yeah, they're just lacking any kind of female diversity when it comes in uh, in the Oscars, which I guess is apparently is happening all, you know, it happens every year. Right. Something. But like even like in the Spirit Awards, um, I think the best director or no, was it? No, but the director of um, The Farewell with Aquafina, mm-hmm. they won for best film. Mm. And I think she also won for writing or adapted screenplay. I haven't seen Farewell yet. I haven't either. Yeah, I, heard it I haven't either. I've heard it's really good. But and um, good for Aquafina, man. Like just fucking laying into. Cause she, did she write that as well? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay. The the director did. Right. It was a story about her family. Mm. So yeah. they were out there. There's films that are being Done. recognized by women. But the Oscar, you know, I think what it is also is that the voting pool within the Oscars is older, uh, older, older uh, people. Because I kind of believe, too, that like once they kind of like shut down in a sense, once they knew whatever movie that they were going to want, you know, when, when Joker came out, I feel like they just stopped kind of paying attention to movies in a sense. Like, I mean, there was a bunch of movies that came out, but then everybody was just such on, and the Joker was incredible. Right. But like Jojo rabbit was better, you know, honey boy, in my opinion was better. You know, Did you watch Parasite? Parasite is on a whole other fucking Parasite level. Is incre- I mean, it, so, it deserved all those des- wins. So, and 
we watched the Oscars, and I hadn't seen Parasite. Let me, let me tell you the story of, of Parasite. So I've been watching all of the nominated movies um, when it came out in theaters, and my uh, movie partner that I've been going to is this girl, Laura J. And so we've been going and seeing all these movies that people are saying are going to be great. Joker, Jojo Rabbit, Honey Boy. We're seeing, like, all these things. Um, we watch Marriage Story, you know, like all this stuff. And uh, she texts me. I'm in Cleveland for work. And she texts me, and she says, Parasite is by far the best movie. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, hands down. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I come back, but there isn't, it isn't playing at a lot of theater, so I, I'm not able to see it. So I rent it directly after the Oscars last week. And I watch it, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Talk about, like, being subtle, you know, in a lot of spots with, like, the the way that the dad is feeling whenever they're just talking about, like, the smell and all that stuff, dude. It's fucking incredible. Incredible. I didn't even yeah. know what to expect when I got the screener from SAG, and I was everyone was talking about it. I said, all right, I, don't, I gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, when I started watching, I was like, what, you know, okay, what's going on? And by the end, I was just like, holy. Because it is, it's a little, it's a little funny at the beginning. Like it's, it It has lots of spots where you chuckle and then all of a sudden just the uh, socioeconomic like layer in it, the, the nuances, the fucking, the ending is sick. I mean, the outburst of violence that's very Tarantino-ish. Like, in my opinion, I, I, I was like, pieces of this movie, and I love this kind of thing, and, and I bring it back to what this acting coach, I, I, I was doing one-on-ones for a while when I first came out here with this acting coach, and he was basically like, Lenny, like, you can mimic other people inside the text, and no one's going to know because it's still you doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to say this line as this other person and then the next line as a different person, that'll help you layer it, you know, and that's all you have to do. Like, that's literally – he was just like, that's all you have to do as an actor. That's it. And I was just like, oh, shit. So I'm okay with, like, directly – like, people with Joker were saying that it was stealing everything from uh, the movie – what was it, Taxi? King of Comedy. Or, or King of Comedy, yeah. And from Taxi. And, and taxi. taxi, yeah. And I was just like, well – Duh, but isn't that what you do? You pull what you love from movies and then you put it in it. your thing. Like, And that's what Parasite kind of felt like. It felt like three or four different genres of movies in different spots of it that were just so layered and so well done. I'm so glad I watched Parasite. Yeah, like, I'm, as soon as it won the, 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 the last ones, I was just like, all right, let's do it. So I spent the like, I, I went straight to rent it like on, or I, I purchased it, you know, on my nice. like PS4 or whatever. And watched it, um, but yeah. But so many people won't watch it because of the subtitles, which yeah. I think is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I will say I am one of those people who is just like I don't want to read the whole time, but well worth it. It's worth yeah. I mean, if a film's gonna be that that good, and and really, sorry to break it to you, but most of the films that are great are foreign films, yeah. and you gotta read. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's this just might a part have just burst my. But this might have pushed me into the. All right, Lenny, you're gonna just go see it. Yeah, dude. I wish I would have seen it in theaters. I mean, I have a. I have a big ass TV, but like, I really wish I'd have seen it. Um, because the sound. I mean, the sound, like all that stuff. Because I blared it. Like once it started going, I was. I was into it. I was like, all right, I'm turning this fucker yeah. up. Yeah. I'm turning all, all these lights out, and I'm getting close <laughs> to this TV so I can mimic the theater. I mean, for me, it was. I watched it at home as well. 
but it was the story that I mean, I, you know, you could watch that on, that shit on your phone. I don't re- recommend that, but and you'd still be like, holy shit, this is incredible. Um, that was definitely one of my favorites. And then I thought Jojo Rabbit was just brilliantly done, just taking something so serious and mocking it, and it was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Taika's insane uh whenever he was uh accepting his award and some of the interviews that he was doing prior to i was just like i want that dude's hair i was like damn that dude's got like even though you know he's like almost all grayed out you right know? but i was just like Fuck. no he's got that dope salt and pepper yeah, look and it's like, just like messy wait. but like just the right amount of like <laughs> combed i don't know yeah dude is cool you got it in. You got that salt and pepper in the in the beard, right? A yeah, little a little bit, bit at the bottom, right? Yeah. Here. yeah. So I'm I'm starting to get mine, son. <laughs> yeah. So when I came back from uh, my work trip last month, I went from having like two grays to like six, and I was just like, <gasps> "This work trip fucking yeah, like aged me yeah. three times. <laughs> I went from two to six. Oh shit!" And it's like fuck, and it's like it's weird because it's all in one spot. So it's just like just one little spot over here. And I'm like, ah, shit. All right, here we go. But I've been saying it for years that like I'll work more as soon as I'm salt and peppered a little bit. You know, as soon as I'm a little aged, I look like I can have kids. You know, and that's another thing is like I'm going for these auditions. I was just at an audition a few days ago and I'm the youngest looking person there. You know, like everybody is, you know, brown, a version of brown, but like everyone's they're asking us in line like oh hey do you do you do anything active and i was like yeah i play you know softball and run and work out and the guy next to me is like nah i have three kids so like i just play with them and i was just like shit like and he looked more like somebody who because the the role was somebody who had like injured their leg and so they're in rehab so it was like a health insurance spot um and I was like, well, I'm not going to get this because, like, I don't look like I could potentially just be rolling off my couch and playing sports and then fuck my leg up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's crazy because I'm, I'm looking and I can't wait to look older. But then also it's like, oh, shit. You could do the young dad thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I just I just did a uh, campaign and I was a dad of two and oh, married. Shit. That was so wild. That was weird. Weird. How old were the kids? Uh, ten and ten. I think you don't look like you could like have 12. a ten-year-old or twelve-year-old. Right. I mean, I didn't think so, but I guess. Yeah. Hey. But then again, you're talking about like, you know, my sister had her. I have a twenty-one-year-old nephew. You know, my my sister had her first kid you don't at seventeen. Look like you have a twenty-one-year-old yeah, nephew. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, that, that's real life. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. Know? I was gonna say that's real life and. You know, it's kind of part of brown brown culture is we tend to have kids early. Have them young. <laughs> yeah, have them real young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even when I came out here in Orange County and um, I was working at an assisted living community there, all of our employees were, you know, uh, Hispanic, uh, Latina, and all of them had several kids. And I was just like, how old are you guys? And they're like, well, we're 22, 23. And I'm like, how many kids you got? Like two, three. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Already? Well, I mean, it's just different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. It's just that uh, old school mentality, really. You know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I think it's changing. Family. I, think I think it's changing. It is too. Yeah, I think it is too. And the thing that deterred me, in a sense, and that's a terrible way to put it, is the fact that my sister had a kid at 17, and I was 13 in the house. Wow. Then there was a baby, and all, all of a right. sudden, I could see literally how much different my sister's life was prior right. to and then after and so i was just like oh yeah well i don't think i'm ready for that because right. <laughs> i'm 13 and i'm just like i don't think i'm ready for that so let's be real careful yeah see i still don't think i'm ready for that <laughs> yeah. so you know what i mean <laughs> exactly yeah. oh god yeah I'm, I'm always in awe when i know that actors our age or or younger have kids have wife i'm like how mm-hmm. To me, but it's, also it's like hell when I see them and I meet them, I'm just like, all right, dude, yeah, that's hella impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. That really puts like a pressure on you. Right? And like how do you balance? Yeah. Uh, I, I said something about the other day how like I'm looking to try to find a little bit more balance in life. And then somebody was like, oh, balance is just a construct created by society. And I'm like, uh, I th- I get that you're trying to tell me that, but also like, I, I think it's okay for me to say, well, I'm, f- I'm, don't feel as if I'm spending enough time doing one thing, and I'm spending more time doing other things that I don't necessarily want to be doing. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm okay with Definitely. saying that. The the best thing like for me on this note is talking to. I love to talk to older people mm-hmm. who've gone through it, mm-hmm. and and what I've learned from. A lot of them is that you you try to get the balance you may never really get to a place where everything is balanced but it's it's the pursuit of getting that balance mm-hmm. right that, so that happiness yeah. you may never attain it but just in the pursuit of it then you you know mm-hmm. you're teetering back forward side to side like a low rider <laughs> but in those in those in those little bits you're you're doing your acting you're out with your friends you know what i mean you're maybe dating or talking to people and all that ultimately makes you be- a better artist really you know so yeah i think it's the pursuit of i think that's good i think that's great if you feel like you you that's something that you want to do you should be doing it construct or not i know See, Come that's on. what i felt uh, i mean that's like very anti-establishment which i i i could I understand am, right yeah. i could understand that uh, f the powers that be right i'm always like oh time time is a man-made thing like yeah. you know what i mean because sometimes we feel rushed mm-hmm. to do certain things yeah or we feel yeah. like we should have done something by this age or mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that was something i had to come to terms with and that's something that like i will tell anyone now at this point who's like looking to do you know the things that you are doing the things that like i'm attempting to do you know like it is not a sprint and if you think that you can obtain those things in a sprint you will not you will burn out quick and you will be back in Kentucky, <laughs> Idaho, you'll be back in fucking the Carolinas Very where you so. hated it, and yet you will be there gaining 900 pounds yep. and having 19 children. Yes. Like, I mean, the thing is, is that you have to realize and recognize that it is going to be a absolute long marathon. 
Always. Yeah. Even when you make it to the top, it's still. It's still merit. Yeah. You Look still at Brad Pitt, to- man. Like it, exactly. we we're just talking about the Oscars. The dude's been doing movies forever, forever. His first Oscar. I mean, as an actor. Mm-hmm. He has a producer one, but I mean. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, for uh, Sal- Twelve Years a Slave. Tell, uh, or you know you, you could be that lucky person. Like Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. first film, huge, yeah, first nomination, huge, and she won the Oscar. Or the girl from Uncut Gems. Well, she didn't wear it, win an Oscar. Did you see Uncut Gems yet? Yeah, yeah. I f- loved Uncut Gems. I well. Uh, Adam Sandler won at the Spirit Award Best Actor. Yeah, and his well, speech was amazing. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm also slightly shocked that. Uncut Gems was not nominated for anything. Right. I mean, score, you know, just the music in that, the fucking, like, the, the, sa- the, the sound. Um, and everybody's telling me to watch their first one that has Dan. Yes, uh, it's really good. It's almost like a, it's almost like a prequel. Yeah. Problem is, is that, like, knowing Uncut Gems, I'm not sure I can put myself through another 90 minutes of that style of the movie was incredible. I have never felt so uneasy mm-hmm. outside of Get Out, um, but that was a different kind of uneasy. Right. Well, that one, it takes its this slower burn, I feel like, and Get Out. And this one is just like From top intense. to bottom, yeah. And as I'm soon just, as, as soon as you start, right. I'm just like, uh, 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 yeah. my pulse is fucking like at elevated for 90 full minutes. I feel like my right. blood pressure is through the roof and then I'm going to have a fucking heart attack the entire time. So I think that's amazing. I mean, for a, a film, film to do that to you, that, that is talent. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yes. Incredible. Uh, Adam Sandler fucking killed that role. I was shocked. Shocked. And I think somebody was telling me the other day, they were like, I think it's because it's Adam Sandler that he didn't get, because they're just like, oh, okay, you did it once. Let's see if you can maybe do it well, that, again. That is, yeah, that, that's part of it. I mean, I, I think uh, a big part of the Oscar nominations is body of work. Um, Unless you just fly out of nowhere, like Blue Peter, yeah. But those are the rare, mm-hmm. rare occasions. Adam Sandler, you know, within the business is viewed as what he's viewed as. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that was the difficulty, but it was an incredible film. That's why I love watching the Spirit Awards, because I feel like the Spirit Awards truly award the great performances, the really just nuanced films mm-hmm. that are beautiful films whether there's someone that you know in them or not mm-hmm. they're just incredible stories mm-hmm. and and oscar is a little more polished you know it's a little more of a business i didn't see the pope or popes or whatever no, the two popes or whatever it is popes. two popes it was cool. yeah it was cool. did and, and you, you know the two actors in that are incredible mm-hmm. but also it was just like i hadn't i hadn't seen that but like where could you know, Adam Sandler fit in. Do they need to add a sixth or seventh nominee to these no. to like? No. You don't think so? I think already it's, it's too too big. Right, I think so. Well, because I thought, and and we all knew that um, Joaquin Phoenix was going to win for Joker, right. 
now and i think honestly it's the really the only award it deserved to win for joker is joaquin phoenix though visually it was great you know the score was very good um and i wait did did she did the score win for that joker it did yeah okay okay yeah it did win um but also like it was the first female mm-hmm. one of seven nominated or something like that ever in score and so the first female to win um so that that's deserving but like otherwise big the bigger awards i guess i shouldn't say that but you know the other awards the he was going to win but like jo- the, the kid from jojo rabbit i thought should be should have been nominated somewhere in there you know because he had the difficult uh, he was incredible he you know he carried that film yeah he uh, carried that film and he was funny you know but also then i'll him like wait is it does the kid actually know the weight of what he's saying potentially but he looked like what if he did or not he killed it he killed it i mean i was like wow we should all just quit now (laughs) to kids (laughs) no but that's another way of looking at it too it's like look at the watch these films and you see a kid like that doing it you could truly say like kids can do this it's really about confidence it's really about letting your allowing yourself to get to those places Mm -hmm. and perform you know, do what you love with no baggage. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in the Oscars that stood out that you were just like, oh, that was weird. You know, like the Eminem performance that oh, just came out of left field. I loved that. I, I thought, thought that was too. cool. I, thought, I fucking loved it. I thought that was awesome. But also, the the entire time, I was like, why is he performing? I, I mean, I'm glad. It was like a callback. To, he, he won, when he won, he wasn't even there. Yeah. You know? And he never really had a chance to come back. I think, you know, it's nostalgic. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was like they needed that type of excitement. Did you find, and I saw this all over Twitter, people are like, this needs a host, blah, blah, blah. I thought, no, it didn't. And it doesn't. And But Chris Rock and uh, yes. uh, Steve, Martin. Steve Martin's fucking opening Incredible. were h- hilarious. hilarious. Chris Rock is one of my favorites, man. He and is, just leaning into it, like, just oh, is there no brown people? There's no right. women yeah. in this. They asked oh, okay. the, uh, the lead from uh, Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. They're like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, they nominated her so she could hide all the other uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> black nominees. <laughs> like, is Eddie Murphy under the stage right now? <laughs> Uh, and I got hilarious. crickets. I laughed hard. Really? Oh my god, uh, I was the, cracking up. I thought I it was crickets, so good. Yeah. Like in the Golden Globes, seeing Ricky Gervais as the as the host made it more interesting for me. Um, I think, you know, why not have like a Chris Rock or? Someone? Well, he said he said Twitter. Well, that's right. That's right. the reason. He's why like, I'm pretty sure I said some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, but. I have recently scrubbed my Twitter really just to yeah. make sure. No, it's the smart thing to do. Yeah. I've been ta- I've uh, been consulted by some people and man, it's it's really it's really There's shockingly not as much horrible things as I thought, but I'd scrubbed it probably like 8 years ago because whenever I first joined Twitter, uh no one I was following no one and no one was following me and I was in like a real deep depression and this might have been 10 12 it's like at the beginning of twitter so it was like 10 12 years ago um and uh i just split with this girl and so i was just like writing all this sad stuff so much so that a friend of mine this other girl was like hey 
Your Twitter's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your handle is sad girl 32. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, sad girl 25 because I was 25 at the oh. time. Um, but like, so I've scrubbed it once for that because I went through and I was like, oh God, if this girl that like, you know, was cute is telling me like, hey, your Twitter's real sad. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe so I should go through it. Maybe I should go through and eliminate that. I have found out recently that friends, I have friends who have multiple two Twitter accounts, one for their smut that ghost they look account. up. Yeah, yeah, their ghost accounts where they can look up smut, and then there are other ones where it's like their normal one. I'm yeah. like... Should well, ask Kevin real- Durant about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I will. Hey, KD. God, KD is just... <laughs> can I just... Right. Did you see that TNT uh, list of... Uh, pick your five all-stars but you only have 15 points and then they they number each tier of player and i've KD, seen those but K, i haven't seen that kd is a one. Oh wow yeah kd is a one with like john stockton uh like level and then like you know lebron and jordan and kobe are fives mm-hmm. and Shaq is like a f- five or four i can't remember um but it's like that, and everybody's wow. just hating I don't know on if you, yeah, I don't one. know if I agree with him being a one. That's. I think it's perfect because I mean, I would, in no world would I be like, I want KD on on my all my all time all star list, like a five. No, no chance. True. No, it's LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> I'll take five LeBron Jameses over. <laughs> yeah, he's killing it this season. Yeah. I know. Sorry, we go into sports yeah. and uh, and Oscars, Oscars and Oscars. sports. Well. Yeah. Oscars. Yeah, and then like, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we're talking basketball. How did you're not from here, but you've you're not from LA, but you have been in LA for four, 15? 16. sixteen years, man. 16. Um, what was it? Where were you at whenever you found out? Man, it was crazy. I was at, actually in San Pedro at oh. the beach. And uh, we were just enjoying the enjoying the view, and uh, one of the guys that I was with was like, "Oh, dang, this is crazy." We're like, "What?" They're like, "They're reporting that you know Kobe died in a helicopter accident." We're like, "What?" <laughs> no, and they're like, "No, no, no!" Like we don't know. like we just couldn't believe it. Like we're like, "Oh, maybe it's fake. Maybe it's fake." And then, and then once once TMZ came out with it, we're like, "Oh, wow." Mm-hmm. This is real. Yes, I was in. I was in one of our. I was in Cleveland, so I was working, um, but I was real hungover. I was went out the night before, and so I was like on my computer and whatever. I get a text from Jake. Shout out to Jake. Jake texts me and says, "Hey, have you seen the news?" And I was like, "Nah, nah, bro. Like, nah." I'm like. <laughs> I'm out of it. Like I'm just I'm in the I'm in the middle of a Chipotle right now, just trying to jam this burrito down my throat because I'm like just ill from the night of drinking, you know, the champagne of beers, Miller High Life. Shout out to Miller High Life. <laughs> and then I'm like, the news starts rolling in, and I am just I'm like, first off, I'm just like still, and I'm just like watching. I watch the news for like five hours, you know. And after like five hours of watching, I was like, dude, I got to get some fucking work done. So I ended up working for like almost until three in the morning because I did, I took a five hour break to just watch all this news. And I like, it was weird. Cause like, I like, I wept like four or five different times in that five hours. I was just like, God, that's so sad. Like as, as the news kept coming in 
and uh, they wrongfully reported that like all of his kids were on and I was just like no don't say that and then it was you know cut down to just like one Gigi and I was just like dude that's fucking horrible you know and then all these families and it's like god damn Um, but I will say that like them there is you know like What's the thing with like you're not re- supposed to report names until the you've had a chance to report it oh, or right. to so to tell uh, notify next of kin next of kin yeah I don't th- I don't think that's realistic anymore in our world mm. when it comes to high profile yeah. celebrities I mean you're Kobe Bryant like you can't fucking and the the guy who came out was just like you know shame on TMZ for reporting it if not TMZ it would have been somebody else right. seconds later right you know they're already reporting it all over twitter you know all over like the quick news stuff prior to TMZ officially right. saying I don't like think this even TMZ was the first one they're no cuz it was when on they twi- came out it was official yeah, you know exactly. that, that's where t- we've gotten to where TMZ really is like but they are though man they every are. D- Michael Jackson yeah. um fucking Prince. Prince all of TMZ has been the first one to report that and like, can you fault TMZ for this, or who's given TMZ this information? Is it your EMTs? Is it your people? Well, yeah, on your, they're connected it, with the police. They're connected with are the, you, oh, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Connected. So like, I don't. I, I was just in my in my personal opinion. I yes, you you should be able to notify next of kin prior to, but like, I realistically speaking, I just think it's impossible, right. especially you know a Prince level, a Michael Jackson level, a fucking Kobe Bryant level. Do you know, like, um, so then I call, uh, I call my housemate here, Josh, and he was just like, dude, this city is weird. Like, it's just the weirdest, somberest, like. You could feel it. Dude, yeah, in you the air. Yeah. This, this, this has 15 week, million people in this county, you know, and that's not even including the rest of the state. You know, SoCal is just like, fuck, dude. He's just a I he's a legend. And then my a friend of mine was just like, dude, yeah, I mean like you know, legends live forever, man. Like it's like the thing. Yeah. So young. But it's just it's a very girl. tragic oh. way of of going out, you know? It's it's tough, man. It's tough to think about it's But that's what it did. It for me it was just like, man, life is bleeding, you know? Very much so. We Get closer to death every second. Right. We don't every, know. Oh, every we don't second. know how it could happen. I mean, for some reason. And I fly a reason. lot, too. You know, I mean, oh. and I wasn't flying, not flying like first class, you know, helis, but like uh, 2019, I was on like 52 flights. Wow. Like literally. Like I counted them. I was on 52 fucking flights, which is almost once one a week. And it's like, damn, which they claim is the safest way to travel. Yeah. But well, still. Well, the thing that you know, I always said was, well, when it happened, then I was like, man, like, Small planes and helicopters and stuff like that is just you. Ha- you see it happen all the time, mm-hmm. you know, with the with the, a lot of celebrities like you know Aaliyah and um, who else? Those a couple R- other R- ones. Clemente. Right. Yeah. And it's like man, I I rather fly commercial. Billy Holiday. Billie Hall- yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Richie Valens. Really, Richie Valens. Richie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can feel it throughout the the city, and when they have his uh memorial or memoriam at staple center it's gonna be it's gonna be insane i mean i remember the nipsey hustle one it was the whole the city it was just like this weird vibe throughout the whole city 
and that was Nipsey. I mean, no disrespect to Nipsey Hussle, but he's not Kobe. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. It's gonna be so crazy. I know, and I'm out of town. Like I've already, Oof. yeah, I've already, I knew, thing. I knew that work was gonna pull me that weekend, and so I was like, "Fuck, man, I would have loved to have been around." I don't know. I think it's gonna be crazy, man. Yeah. It's gonna be real crazy. Yeah. And but, the crazy thing is, is I like. I was never a huge Kobe Bryant fan or Lakers fan through, you know, the Kobe Bryant years. But, like, you know what I can say is that, like, my, you know, the mama mentality is, you know, that just be the best you can be every single day. Give it your all. You know, no shortcuts, which is something that as an actor, as somebody grinding, as a creative, like, that's, you can feel that, you know. Um, And as an actor, like I'm trying to be the professional athlete of this world, you know, of this realm like this. So I, I relate heavily to that. Carmen, Carmen Ayala, who cast, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, H-G-A-G. he always says, uh, it's no longer HGAG, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he, he always says like, this is the Olympics. Mm. The Olympics of entertainment mm-hmm. is being in this game, and you have to approach it as an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. So the you're right, you know what I mean. Like you need to be on that level to really get to the top. So it's uh, it's well, it's crazy, but so yeah, I fully agree with that. And, like, and so that way, that kind of mentality, the mama mentality, I fucking relate with. I can fucking I fuck with that, you know. But like growing up. I'd watch Lakers games and I just wanted them to lose so bad, you know, but made me love watching basketball. And that's something that I didn't necessarily realize until, of course, like Kobe Bryant helped me appreciate my love for basketball because I, I, Lakers games were on all the time, right? you know, because they were big time. So they were on all the time. And I just wanted them to lose no matter who they were playing. You know, I want them to lose. I want them to lose. And it just made me appreciate and love basketball for that, you know. And then LeBron James came out, and I was just obsessed yeah. with LeBron James. And, you know, <laughs> crazy. And then, you know, like he fucking – literally, he was at the very – beginning of whatever his second act was in life and that also too is relatable because i'm approaching 41 years old you know in a sense you know i'm in a few years but you know still like an academy award that that short film that he did is incredible amazing yeah beautiful beautiful the art in it is incredible the story it's short i mean it's fucking two minutes two and a half minutes long if that it's a great little. It really is. If you haven't watched it, I mean, because all, even though it's geared towards basketball, you can apply it to whatever it is in your life that you truly love, or 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 whatever you're striving to do, mm-hmm. right? And and it just shows like the love for the game, which I feel like we have, you know, like or I, I'll speak for myself, like I have love for this game, this game that we're in. Mm-hmm. So when I see that, man, it just like pulls at the heartstrings, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'm too at a phase in my life where it's like, um, I'm doing so many things, you know, that aren't, you know, specifically acting. And I came out here to be an actor, you know, right. and all of a sudden now, like I'm doing, I'm sound engineering for stuff, you know, I'm doing, I'm producing several podcasts, radio shows and I'm like, Oh shit. 
how did I get into this? You know, I reflect, I'm like, oh shit, how did I get into that? No idea. But like, that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. I can't wait to figure out how to tie it all in, you know, together, you know, and, I, and that's what, that's why when I tell people that it's not a sprint, man, like it's a marathon, because you have no idea, like it's ebbs and flows, you have no idea where you're going to be at in fucking six months from now, you know, 12 months from now, 18 months from now. Uh, I started off 2020, two auditions, two callbacks in the first eight days, you know, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, this is going to be fucking great, you know, it's going to be a great year. Nothing, you know, four auditions after that, you know, nothing, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, that's, that's this marathon. Exactly. That's that was a run. great lesson for, for you early in the year. You know what I mean? Because it's always going to be that way. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. So you staying connected with outlets like this mm -hmm. and with other artists, mm -hmm. you know, it's just making you better. And then, you know, it's going to happen the way it's meant to be. You have no power over that, but you're staying busy. You're being creative. You're ready for opportunities, mm -hmm. which I think is pivotal. Mm -hmm. You know, you and it's cool because I'm using my outlet from work, like because I'm creating videos for them. I'm doing, I'm acting and stuff for them, and I'm using that as a way of like, how can I make myself stronger in this? Every time I'm like, you know, gone for work, like, how can I, how can I, I that, how can I weasel my way into <laughs> creating something for myself, which is, yeah, which is pretty uh, weird. I'm very, I'm very fortunate in that sense that like where I work pays for the things that I would like to do, <laughs> you know, um, and I don't have to work that much. So it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, no, because the other day they called me and they're just like, can you tell us when you officially started? And I was like, uh, I think it was like August of 2008 was like when I first started working with them. And so they're like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. They're like, uh, so we think, like a, we think you're at like year nine total in the last 12 years. Wow. And I was like, uh. Probably. Wow. It's crazy when <laughs> they know? quantify it with time. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? It's mostly because they're about to double my PTO time. Ew. And I was like, ah, I barely work? So you're going to give me more PTO time? Doesn't seem fair, but shit, I'll take hey, it. Hey, life ain't fair. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sounds once you hit this, to me. Yeah. I guess once you hit year 10, you like triple your, you know, you go from two to six weeks or something like that. Some Something insane when it comes to PTO for them. And I was like, ooh. Takes ten years to get that. That doesn't seem fair either. God damn, that's a long time. PO'd over that PTO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What other screeners did you get? Uh, I got Parasite. Got Jojo Rabbit. I got. Uh, by the way, I just feel like. What? Can we get a link to the Netflix stuff? Because. What am I going to do with physical DVDs of shit that's on Netflix? I don't need it. I don't want it. Nobody wants it. Why are they still sending like hard copy screeners? That's I mean, I, I like it. Okay. I like it because I get to. I don't want to watch it uh, on a link like on my computer. Uh, I'd rather uh, watch it on my TV. Yeah, you're right. Well, you know, right. not everybody has smart TV. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you can I, HDMI that shit to your... Yeah, that's a core. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. You lost me at H. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I don't need the Netflix stuff. Everyone has Netflix. Someone you know has Netflix that you have their password. It's true. Don't send me. Don't waste paper on the Netflix stuff. Yeah. Just don't. I don't need the box set of The Irishman. That the the series. It was a box set. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The fucking series. series of fucking. Um, no, you're right. You're right. But um, I got Harriet. Which I have still not seen. I'm trying to watch, but I have not seen it yet. Um, I'm excited to watch. Um, I think those were like... I got Joker. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. What'd you think of... Um, so a friend of mine, we because we were at a little Oscar party, so we watched Parasite directly after, um, was uh, saying that he thought Once Upon a Time was a better film than Parasite. And I was just like, oh, you, God, you're insane. Mm. Um, what, what do you think about that? What, I, what, do you, what do you think about Once Upon a Time? I loved it. I love it. I, I love it. the movie. I watched it multiple times. Mm. Um, each time I watched it, it got better. Mm-hmm. I think it may be too inside baseball for a lot of people. I think the fact that they... I fully agree with that. Changed the... Like, I feel like it was like La La Land in a sense where it was like nudge nudge like hey this is our thing you know this is us though and i love the movie right you know i think it's a love letter to hollywood really Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so if you like that type of stuff like i absolutely love it Mm -hmm. i i thought it was great yeah all the exterior shots were fucking insane was the acting was incredible Mm -hmm. it was funny Mm -hmm. it was you know just the 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 way they transformed hollywood too you know what i mean was great I, i dude i i thought I definitely thought Leonardo DiCaprio deserved the attention that he got. I thought he was real. I thought he was better than Brad Pitt, quite honestly. But mm-hmm. neither they, here nor there. But were they both? Was he? What was he nominated for? Was he lead not, actor? Okay, lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and Brad Pitt was supporting. Yes, yeah. But I just loved like they showed the food chain of Hollywood. Basically, you know, you have your stuntman, you have the guy that's grinding, you know, doing series, trying to do films, had to go to Italy, mm-hmm. and then you have um, Margot Robbie's character, who's just like this mega uh, movie star, and I thought that was very interesting. I loved that. The scene with the little girl, like right before they do the scene. Man, that little. Uh, speaking of kids, yeah, sorry. That, that incredible. That, that scene, that was a bomb scene. It that was, was fucking amazing. Dope. Amazing. That was the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah. And just how that affected, yeah. you know. Yeah, that was great. And uh, I was, I really related to to uh, the moment where. Leo comes back, he fucks up, you know, he's fucking up the scene and he goes back in his trailer and he just starts destroying stuff. That was like, my Get it together. That was my favorite oh, scene. God. Oh, yeah. It's just like, no, nah, I relate to that. There's been times totally. where I've just been like, wow, I, there's three words that I can't get out of my goddamn mouth properly right. and I am wasting everybody's time and this is embarrassing and God damn it, let me <laughs> get this shit yeah, together. Exactly. I love that. That was probably my favorite scene. Cause I, I could relate to it as well, <laughs> you know. It's just like well, cause you tell you told that great story about like one of the first gigs that you had. Yeah, my and, first yeah, uh, and some, commercial. And some guy came to you and was like, "Hey, we're all doing our work out here. We need you to do." Yeah, right. Yeah, there was a rim. There was a rim on the table, and it had a bunch of spokes. And he's like, "You see all these spokes? You're one of these spokes, and this is the rest of us here. And we all have a job to do. Like, <laughs> do it." <laughs> yeah. yeah no that was great 
It was great. And to get that kind of imp- like lasting impression or advice that early. Invaluable. 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 Dude, no, like. Because so many actors come on set thinking that they're the end all be all. It's really, you're a spoke on the rim. Fuck, yeah. One. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Um, you know, I, I always talk about that story of like the first gig that I, I booked too was like some uh, this big commercial out of Las Vegas for one of the casinos. So we did like this five day stint and like, like just what I learned on that was, I mean, it seems ridiculous, but like also like. You know, the fact that, like, they told me that I had, they couldn't shoot from one side of me because I had a vein that was, like, pulsating too right. much. And I was just like, I can't do anything about a vein in my neck. <laughs> Can you not with the vein? Yeah. So they, they, <laughs> they had to figure out how to, like, prop something over it so it didn't it wasn't visible, you know. And I had four or five takes before they were just like, uh, can you slow your heart rate down, basically? Like, and I was like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> I cannot, um, you know, and so they had a bunch of takes like where I was just like, <gasps> oh man, that's crazy. Try not to breathe. Right. <laughs> it has nothing <laughs> to do with your acting or yeah. your talent. It's just like, it's, but it makes you feel self-conscious. Yeah. And so it's like in small and like, there's this other scene where, um, I'm walking through the club and they have a, they have a rig, they have a person falling with a camera, like handheld, uh, and then they just like cut after I hit this one turn, cut, cut, cut. It was like six times. Once I hit this one turn, they were like cut. And I was just like, what dude, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And they're like, Oh no, no, no. That person behind you is like staring right into the camera. And I'm like, wait, okay. Okay, cool. And then two or three more times, cut, cut. Oh no, no. That's like the lighting flared wrong. Right. And so we have to go back, you know, cut, cut like this one, like something else, like somebody kind of, popped in front of you on accident a little too soon and was like holy shit like so much that goes in so much that goes in parts, right and i just didn't know that no amount of school can teach and train you and, and that's one re- don't even get me started on like schooling and the money pit that schools want for you from you right for experience or like what are techniques and stuff and it's like nah get on set and fucking learn exactly how to do it it's really the only way you can learn is yeah. by doing it on the job well, i was actually talking to another actor and he's like you know what i realized is that teachers out here acting teachers have to tell you that you're terrible so that you continue to come to them to pay for class so that they make money mm-hmm. it's like yeah I was. I told him, you know, because he's not too much. It hasn't been that long that he's been in the game. But I was like, man, I wish I would have learned that lesson early on because mm-hmm. it really could mess your psyche up if you're going to class and you're doing, you know, good work. But they're like, they have to tell you, oh, well, no, no, that's not good because you have to come the next week, right, or the next month. So right? I will say, now I'm t- we're specifically talking about acting class in my in my opinion acting classes because like a friend of mine is taking a stand-up class and she's learning a lot first from structure and learning how to structure jokes those kinds of things if you want to do improv take improv classes go ahead do that if you think it'll help you but like purely acting i fully agree and i would i would say if you have the money 
go directly to one person you trust and fucking scene work with like pay somebody to scene work with you somebody you trust you know what i'm saying like i when i came out here i did a couple i audited a few classes i didn't like them um it just didn't fit me and so i was on this first film that i did i met a guy who that's what is like he was working production but that's what he does like he does like one-on-ones and so i started doing one-on-ones with him and so he'd give me a scene week later we'd come in we'd work it and that's what i was talking about earlier and i think that was much more valuable you know even if it was just like you know 50 bucks for two hours you know like yeah you're gonna spend that in a class unless you need that camaraderie unless you need to meet people that's that's part of it and and i think that a lot of people get caught up like i've heard that a lot of classes that become very clicky and people like it's so so basically it's like you've become a, a, a class actor and now your acting takes place in a class weekly and that's it I, I just don't see the benefits in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just throwing gobs of money. It, all the, kinds of money. And yeah. also, things are subjective. So you need to understand what makes you good. What do you bring to the table? You need confidence in your talent. Mm-hmm. Because you could be amazing to one director and you could be garbage to the next mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what class you're in it doesn't matter and and that too you know to the teacher it's subjective so that one person that's their opinion mm-hmm. but there's millions of casting directors there's millions of directors mm-hmm. and everyone has their own taste mm-hmm. i fully believe too it's like if you know the only thing you need to do is you just need to know the material well enough to be able to play and that's it. That's it. Like that's that's the extent of what you need to do as an actor in my opinion. You just need to know the material well enough to where you could somebody can toss things to you and you catch them and then you can say whatever it is. That juggling scene in fucking um Honey Boy. Right. Like I was like when he took the the socks off and they like they knew that they fucking did they drop that on purpose? Was it an accidental drop? You know what I'm saying? Like, I fully believe that that was not in the script. I bet, right. like, that they accidentally fucked up, and then they just I were agree. like, no, hey, let's do it again. You p- pick that up. Like, you know, whatever. Right. Like, I fully believe, like, that's the level and what you just need to know the material, know the scene, where the arc is, what you're doing, and then to be able to play, to be able to live in that moment and play. Exactly. That's why I'm full of, man, dude, that's so crazy. I don't, I don't believe, people ask me, like, I feel shitty because, like, my agent will ask me, like, what am I doing? Like, am I taking classes? And I'm like, I fully don't believe in them because of that. Like, right. I, it's a money grab. And, the one, dude, the ones that I went to when I first moved out here were pure. Like, pure, like they were blatantly taking advantage of newbies. Mm-hmm. And it was so apparent. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, like, I went to, like, three different ones. And each time I was just like... The, these people are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm freshly out here and I want to blah 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 blah, and I'm just like, and then they're you know, poking holes in them, and it's just like, dude, yeah. like, you're doing it purely to get them to commit and to stay and to work and work and work, and it's like, nah, get a, if you want to work on a specific type of character, find a scene that's very similar to that, or or, and then just work it with one person, like. 
pay somebody that is an acting coach. Um, I also found out, dude, I also found out this, the other, the, uh, a friend of mine needed a place to crash while she was auditioning for some films out here and she's from Missouri and she's paying somebody like gobs of money to do one-on-ones. And I'm like, fuck. Like I, I, when somebody comes to me with a one-on-one, I'll pay, I'll charge them a fraction of what they're paying. And so I was like, girl, come to me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay, I'll charge you what I pay or charge, which isn't, you know, which isn't that much. Cause I'm, I love doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I have, I have a specific client, uh, who is trying to land in the American game. She's from Australia, a big star there, but like here, she's trying, like trying to work. And so like, I'll go, I'll go to them and like read with her and, and it's fucking, it's incredible. You know, like that kind of camaraderie and that kind of like we're we're both in this to get something, you know, to find to get to know the material well enough to where you can play. That's literally what we're doing. Like that's my goal is just to punch holes like like say, hey, this. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Because when you're saying these things, I want you to be thinking about all of these things that you potentially could be thinking about. And which one in the moment are you actually thinking? Right. You know. Know the material well know enough the material. that you can play. And have your, like for me, like when I, I get that same question, like, oh, what classes are you taking? I say, I'm, I've done my education and I'm done. I'm not a, a career student. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've gone to enough classes to where I've built my own methodology mm-hmm. that I know works for me. And I know how I want to come off as an actor. And I apply myself to actual projects you know what i mean like i mean i'll even do you know right now i'm working on a uh, with jake too uh we're working with a student uh yeah you know from santa monica college you know kids are green it's not you know a hollywood production but it's it's something to continue to work on the craft and try to help you know others also because we've been around and uh, I think just act as much as you can when where it counts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be on set. You have to be in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. That's the medium. Mm-hmm. If you're acting on stage in a class, that's different. That's mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. Fully so, agree. Fully agree. You learn on the job. Jake was saying, or, or were you telling me or Jake saying that they you guys read one role and then they flipped it on you guys? Did that happen? Well, they... What happened was that they they kind they kept the 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 roles, but they kind of switched the characteristics. Oh, okay. Of the characters. Okay. Yeah. So, and you know, it's a work in progress. It's, it's cool to. It's just learning. Yeah. You're learning. And well, and I do actually. I always say that I love um, working with people who are coming out of colleges. You know, because they will be the next. Right. You know, wave of filmmakers or producers or whatever you know at some point if they i've gotten gigs i've said this many times i've gotten gigs from people who i worked with at usc six years ago right you know because now they're casting something now they're like cinematography on something now they're like fucking they started their own production company and they're you know doing industrials for fucking major corporations and then they're just like hey I remember I remember you. Can you, you know, come do this for me or you audition for me? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. 
oh, then I land it and then I book it because they work with me before. Exactly. And I was like, oh shit, like that's basically free money and you know free work in a sense. Like in the, in the sense of like it was super easy to land because you just made those connections prior. You, it's the best way of networking. Yeah. On the job. Yeah. You're oh, doing yeah. the job. You know what I mean? So on the job networking. But so many people, uh, actors don't want to. Oh well, I'm not gonna do a student film or this or that. But they're at, they're paying for a class and doing something like that. But where's where's the uh, the experience in that? Mm-hmm. What what are you learning? How are you how are you getting better? Mm-hmm. And also in student films, like you can do whatever the fuck you want right. as an actor, like. I played Jesus at one point in a student <laughs> film, and I was just like, I'm going to be ridiculous. And I was. Right. And I, I was just like, all right. Like, in no other medium or realm would I have been able to do that for, you know, that that kind of thing. And they have, the, these students, because they're paying money, they have access to great equipment. equipment. Yeah. Amazing great studios. Equipment. Yeah. We, there was one time where I did this scene um, it was one of my favorite scenes from The Pillow Man. Um, and they had a whole fucking studio at USC blocked off, like curtained. It was a sound stage that they curtained basically around. And we did the scene at a table like you and I are right now. Awesome. Um, and it was like a f- six minute scene. So like, you know, we rehearsed it and we were able to do it. And then they just did like a bunch of camera angles and stuff. And it was just like, oh, like where else would we have access to a giant sound studio or stage, you know? Um, and be able to put up these like sound blocks and do this scene and be able to play inside the scene and it's right. like uh do it you know you, if you gotta can. do it yeah and you also learn how to work with different directors because every director is different yes. and they work differently mm-hmm. and and if you think you're just gonna come on and have your own way of doing it like you did on it on another set it's it's not the way it goes it's a, yeah foolish thinking um when coming back to your project mm-hmm. that you have um have you started the like f- are you fundraising are you how are you coming up with the how how many days are you looking at have you have you done any of that kind of production Definitely. stuff yeah yeah we did already the budget breakdowns and how many days and uh the how, equipment how many days we are you guys looking use. at uh, 26 days? 26 days damn yeah oh shit you're doing yeah. months huh? yeah yeah fuck yeah and when it comes to funding what are you guys gonna do there? we've approached people who are close to these is it sub type of stories 500 500 uh it's about at that at that uh, mark half yeah yeah um Man. so we have a couple of grant writers days is a long yes. time it is. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll need you'll need cash for that. I don't even think we filmed HGAG in twenty six days, did we? Mm. It was like th- less than three weeks, I think total. I think it was three weeks, really? but then like you take out four days for. It was like two weeks straight, but two two days off in the middle, and then we did another week, like three weeks later because of the holidays. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was four weeks. Maybe it was yeah, it might a have little been under somewhere four. in there. 22 days, maybe 23. Close to that, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I've even been on set for 26 days straight or, you know, like whatever, over a 26-day thing. Even that, that big feature that I did a while back, I think we did that in 
18 days. Yeah, we did it in 18 days with four days off. Yeah. 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 So, damn, that is fucking insane, man. Yeah. But to be an actor and to fucking be working for 26 days straight. Like that? That's what we want. Dude. You know? That's what we strive for. God. So just to have that opportunity and an opportunity that you created for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, tell uh, so who have you, you've been reaching out to people that have created similar stories no people attached to who are close in, uh, in proximity to the world that we're presenting oh, i see uh and also organizations that deal with uh some of the things that we deal with in the film mm-hmm. so we have a couple uh grants that we've started to write we have a grant writer Thank God. Smart. And, uh, yeah. Because I wouldn't be able to do that shit. No. I, uh, <laughs> um, I yeah. spell your exactly. U-R instead of And y. it's so technical. Oh, if yeah, you if you don't it. go by exactly the guidelines, they'd throw your, your shit out. Your shit out right? You know, so, yeah, I could barely write the script. You know, I'm not going to write the grant. I can't do it. But, um, no, we have, luckily have an amazing team that we've assembled uh, to help us. And yeah, we're going that route. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, public fundraising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally. Well, because there's there's almost no way you can hit that kind of number in public. Right. Raising, you right. know, like you'd have to get somebody who has cash, you know. For Correct. Yeah. I mean, I just did a play last year and I barely raised, you know, five grand. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um. It was really good, you know, and I had a lot of people supporting. But f- how I reached that five grand was like, honestly, f- five people, wow. you know, did f- half of it. Wow. You know, and then 80 people did the other half. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, that's what you need. You need yeah. those five people that can get you to that ha- half your number right away if you attempt to do that. But it's easier just to go directly. Yeah. And doing that is like almost like its own job. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. That's why you have people who are, you know, paid to do that. And fi- producers who exactly. are that's their gig is to right. find money, which I couldn't do. Man, even Martin Scorsese says he still has problems. I mean, that's why he had to do uh, The Irishman on Netflix. No one would give him the money. Really? And Netflix said, oh, "We'll man. give you the money." Yeah. yeah. Well, Netflix is just a cash cow. I know. It's crazy. I feel like... Though I feel like they have so much stuff on there. Like, where are they making their money? Because if I'm only paying twelve ninety nine, Right. Yeah. Actually, I think it's fifteen ninety nine now at this point. I don't know how they have all that money, but... Yeah. But was it, like now, 80, you know, they, was it 80 million subscri- subscribers on Netflix? Really? Let's see. I don't know. So, I mean, if you think about if it is, if it is that... Um, 61 million U.S. subscribers. Wow. That's not even worldwide. Uh, worldwide is at 167 million. Wow. Okay, so if you... 167 times $12. Damn, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 167... I'm going to just do million here, so that way I know. Okay, there's that. And then times 12 bucks. Oh, uh, I don't know what number this is, but I think it's two, two bill. Wow, yeah, that's two dot zero zero four e nine. So the, the yeah, e exactly. So that's bi- that's <laughs> a big number. It, <laughs> it's Mine's aired out like three times fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, so it's like, yeah, two, it's two billion. Okay, so that's how they can. Yeah, well, there you go. That's how they can. And they gave. But the thing is, is that they don't, you know, like studios, like they'll put money into a, a thing and it'll like not make its money back, you know, right. so so they're losing money. So I guess Netflix, I did hear. Steady stream of income. Yeah, I did hear too that like Netflix tends to like cancel shows after the fourth season because mm-hmm. that's when you renegotiate contracts after four. Gotcha. Um, and so I did feel like I heard that like their thing is kind of the just like at four can stuff. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, man, but you get four. Fuck, dude, if I get four seasons on a Netflix yeah. show. Yeah, come on. Fuck that. Yeah. Plus, like, once you start pushing past four, the show really oh, loses yeah. its, it's, uh, it's not as good. Anyhow, let's get back to you. Oh. When are you, when are you planning on filming this thing? So look out for. Oh shucks, end of the year. End of the year, okay. End of the year, we're planning to EO, shoot. So. EOY. I was gonna say EOD, which is end of day, but that's not end of year. Yes. EOY. EOY. Well, um, dude, all the positive vibes that I can fucking throw at you, Thank if you. I can help in any way. Thank uh, you. Even just that means a lot. Link you link you to somebody who can help you do something, dude. That means a lot Let to me. me. Thank know. you. I'm super I excited that. for that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we're gonna start our own project yeah exactly one day one no seriously one day one day Um, we're gonna call it coconuts because we're brown on the outside (laughs) but white on the inside baby (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah because we were copyright that (laughs) we the coconuts um Marco Parra, thank you very much, man. Thank you for having me. For coming I like through, the new dude. setup. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's in my apartment. Uh, hey, this, hey. this is a little more than an apartment. Sorry, it's in my, it's in my house. It's my back house. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a little space. I like it. It's yeah. a nice little space back here. Um, but thank you very much, Marco Mandic. Seriously. Ah, um, you know, I'm, I appreciate I'm it. I'm down for this. Cool. Uh, well, let, I'm going to get you out of here, man, because you got an audition that you got to head to here hey. soon. Yeah, so fucking crush that Good shit. Um, and... Uh, Dude, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm hella proud of you. Dude, Thank like, you. Man, seriously. It's, it's honestly, it, go, it goes both ways, man. I'm proud of you. I see what you're doing. You're hustling. You're working. Grind, you're flying to... Grinding. Grinding. Yeah, so... All right, man. Until, yeah, until next time. Look out for Marco Parra. He's fucking creating his own shit, man. Help me. I'm coming. He's coming for you. Uh, thank you guys for listening uh, very much to LLA with Jake and Lenny. I am your co-host, Lenny Hernandez, and we will see you next week. You can hear LLA live every Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific time on Dash Talk Radio or at DashRadio.com. LLA is produced by Guy Garner, hosted and engineered by Jake F.H. and Lenny Hernandez. That was fantastic. All day Lenny.